0: Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to another episode of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Carla Zatow. Here we are again at the Association of Government Accountants, uh, PDT 2019, in New Orleans. What have you done New Orleans-centric while you've been here? Oh, a lot of Creole food, yes. and uh, I've had to work out every day and get all my steps <laughs> in rid of it and to all. Get, all, get rid of it all. Uh, you're here because my usual uh, partner in crime, Robert Shea, mm-hmm. is on assignment yes, summertime, so you mm-hmm. can figure the rest out for yourself. Um, you have worked up a great lineup. This is really good. I give you all the credit. You should. I mean, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Srikant Sastry is the National Managing Partner for Advisory Service for Grant Thornton. It's nice to see you again. Good to be here. And it's nice to meet the Governor of Maryland, former Governor of Maryland, Martin O'Malley. That's Governor, right. It's great to have you here.
1: Thanks. Good to be with you. Now promoted to the rank of citizen. And I'm. Um, and I'm delighted to be on on this program, which Robert Shea talks about in glowing terms every time I talk well, to him. Of course,
0: because he's on it, so mm-hmm. he's a little biased. Um, I'm happy to meet you. Uh, we talked a little bit yesterday right. that I'm a, a... So am I a former constituent? How does that work? I live in Maryland, so you were my governor for a period of time. But I'm
1: still... In a resident, so I don't know what that means. Yeah, I'm still a resident, too. That means we're citizens. We have the highest okay. title in the land. Okay, That's, that's the way it works, since the days of Greece and Rome. Alright, so I'm
0: holding up to the microphone right now a copy of your new book called Smarter Government, How to Govern for Results in the Information Age. And that's a great picture of you looking out over the Inner Harbor.
1: Uh, what What do you want people to take away from this book, Governor? Yeah, My hope yeah. is that and that people take away from this book an appreciation that we have never had better tools technological tools for governing ourselves and what we need now are not so much new technologies but new socio-technical habits of leadership of management and maybe even of citizenship so that all of the data that's now available to us doesn't you know, drown us in a sea of triviality, but mm-hmm. instead allows us to make better decisions that save lives and um, give our kids a, a much better shot at lives with greater opportunities, greater health and well-being and security. And my big hope for it is... Um, my 21-year-old son, who's always lives in mortal fear of his father's embarrassing him, uh, says, "Dad, make sure people understand that it's a textbook. I said, well, it is and it isn't mm-hmm. because it's really a story. Yes, it could be a textbook. It grew out of a course I've done several times in public administration in the information age. But it's also a lot of very human stories of, of leadership and collaboration and insightful and hardworking people figuring out ways to do things and get things done with an urgency that comes from knowing that lives hang in the balance of our being able to deliver results. Sir Khan it
0: sounds like to me the good news of what the vision is that Governor O'Malley just laid out is that it's not having to master new technologies or whatever. It's just thinking differently about the way you deliver for citizens. The bad news is people have to think differently about the way that they <laughs> deliver for citizens. Am I on the right track?
2: You're on the right track and it's, it's, it's an opportunity, right? So I, th- I think that the data is out there. What we find with um, city governments, for example, is that, you know, they collect a lot of stuff. They just don't necessarily put it to good use or, or know why they're collecting it. And they have lots of tools and they have lots of licenses that they may or may not leverage. And so getting them to folks to, to leverage that data, you know, use analytic tools to crunch the numbers and convene and discuss what they see. And then take action, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, there's lots of great technology out there, but ultimately, ultimately, you know, I, 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 a wise man once said to me, "A fool with a tool is still a fool." Uh-huh. So we don't, you know, we need leaders who are going to leverage this information and take action.
0: Okay. Uh, technology is just an enabler, right, Governor? And then, you know, what does it take to actually make change using the te- using that enabler?
1: Yeah, it's always the question. So what? Yeah. You know, here's a pretty map. Here's the data displayed on a pretty map and on a trend chart. So what? So what do we do about it? What are the What are the actions we take? Sometimes people with a, a zeal for, you know, a, a more data-driven governance or starting their own performance management process, they focus on trying to nail down all the soups and nut to nuts details of. Uh, of, of, of counting things, when it's really not so much about the things, but it's about measuring the actions you take mm-hmm. in order to change those things. Yeah. So, for example, um, you know, you, you won't improve public safety simply by looking at the pretty map every week. You will improve it if you can ru- start running plays in your police department with the people on patrol, the people serving warrants, the people solving crimes. You'll, you'll be able to... Re- crime and improve public safety even more if you can also get wreck parks in on those plays mm-hmm. if you can get your social workers to uh, to focus on those areas where the potential harm to children is greatest especially during late night hours when oftentimes people don't work mm-hmm. uh, so look it's all about the, the the technology Carlos is certainly the enabler but it requires leadership intention actions and the guts to ask the question is what we're doing working or is it not? And a lot of time in government or any big organization, you, you can become very invested in the way you've always done things. Mm-hmm. And, and the data allows you to take a fresh look always at what's actually happening. What's the ground truth and what can we do to change it?
2: Yeah, and I'll just add, it's not just in government. It, 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 we I oversee our commercial practice, too. And we see this with our commercial clients as well. People get very invested in how they've always done things. Mm-hmm. And so being able to step back and take a fresh look at, at uh, meaningful information that can drive you to action, I think, is, is something that can be done across the board.
0: When you're doing this for the first time, how can you gain confidence in the data that you have? Is it gut, or is there a way to kind of proof what you're looking at to make sure that as you're starting to make decisions, that you're making decisions based on the best intelligence that you can
1: have. The the word was contained in your question, <laughs> and that is start. Yeah, you got to start. You have to start. Do not wait. The biggest problem that that the, the biggest uh, failing that that well-intended leaders make is to postpone the date of the first meeting. When they want to have a more data-driven organization, look, man. If you're if you're looking if you're looking to you know shed weight, feel better, and uh, you don't do it simply by waiting until you're in perfect health before you go to the gym. <laughs> you go. You repeat. You stay on that regimen. And similarly, the most important rule is start and don't stop. Mm-hmm. The data will never be perfectly accurate. Uh, as timely as it will be this week, as it will be next week. But if you keep, get, keep your people focused, bring them together in a regularly repeating cadence of collaboration and accountability, that data will improve. And every week you can get better. So that's the most important thing, start and don't stop and realize that um, you know, every week you can get better. So you'd list that as rule number one in this book.
0: Uh, on collaborative leadership. Rule number two is lift up the leaders. And then rule number three is lead with real-time awareness. Tell me what that means.
1: Yeah, so the the rule number one was start and don't stop. Mm -hmm. Rule number two is lift up the leaders. It can become, initially it can be a very intimidating uh, process. And what I'm talking about in the book is the CityStat process, Mm -hmm. which we borrowed from ComStat at the NYPD, where around one uh, side of a large, you know, Uh, round configured room you have the mayor and his or her command staff on the other side presenting at the podium is the department that's going to be focused upon for that blessed one hour when you lock the whirlwind outside the door and you focus maybe on solid waste you know sanitation trash Next hour, you focus exclusively on housing. That might be the only two uh, meetings of the day for a city stat process, but it can be intimidating when the department heads step up there. What gets people over the sense that they might be stepping in front of a firing squad is when you use the data to lift up the leaders. When you show everyone in the eyes of their colleagues which you know, borough commander is actually doing the best job based on the evidence. You create a meritocracy, in other words, where the eighty percent of us in the middle who could lean back to the slackers or lean forward to the leaders, are far more likely to lean forward to the leaders when they're being lifted up, Mm -hmm. when their performance is what distinguishes them from the others. And then the third rule is to lead with real-time awareness. Uh, By that I mean you you have to have the guts to set public goals with public deadlines. And you also have to be able to inform everybody uh, as to whether or not you're making any progress towards that goal. So um, uh, leaders for 250 years anyway in our democracy were counseled do not set goals with deadlines because what happens if you don't hit them mm-hmm. but a really wise and insightful guy jack maple who invented Comstat for the nypd once asked me as a very young newly minted mayor said mayor you want your people to make annual progress i said well sure always he said you want them to make one percent annual progress i said i suppose it would be better than going backwards he said If you want 1% annual progress, you just keep having an annual budget as your time to get together with your people (laughs) and focus on performance. He said, but if you want 1% progress every two weeks, then make sure you get your people together every two weeks. Mm -hmm. You want 1% every two weeks or 1% annually? I said, I want... 1% 1% every two weeks. He said, then lay down that cadence of accountability. And that's what we did, and it, and, it, and it worked. Largest crime reduction of any major city in America over the 10 years after we started this process, three of which I was no longer even mayor. But, you know, that momentum continued. Same on the Chesapeake Bay. Uh, it didn't happen overnight. But when we met, and we met regularly. We started. We didn't stop. We were intentional, and, our, and, and we were informed by real-time data on the actions we were taking and whether or not we were taking them at a, su- sec- at a uh, sufficient level of, of impact and scale. Mm. Srikhan, what
0: what's the results that you see here, that one will see here? Is it just as simple as uh, the bay is cleaner, crime goes down, those kinds of things, or are there other measurables here that people should be paying attention
2: to? Well, those are three big ones. Yeah. Um, so I think that there are some great outcomes mm-hmm. that, that come out of this. I mean, a lot of folks in government talk about outcomes versus outputs. This is about outcomes. It's not about um, just measuring data to, as an evidence of doing work or, or being busy. So, but I think other results of this process are, you identify who your leaders are, you empower them, you gain greater trust with with uh, citizens as customers. Customer, centric, customer centricity applies to citizens I'd argue first and foremost, uh-huh. and by by sh- sharing that transparency and the you know, and the data and, and 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 the results, good good and bad, right? I think that's a that's probably the best outcome is gaining that citizen trust.
1: Can, Francis, can I come back to something based? You know, as I listened to Srikanth, one of the questions that that I'm sometimes asked was did you find it was different when you went from the city to a state? Mm-hmm. And um, and, and I did, and, and especially when it comes to, you know, your prior question about setting goals and being intentional. What, there's an international kind of mission statement for every city. I don't care whether you're in Baltimore or Bangkok or, or, you know, any city around the world pretty much has an understood mission statement. And that is we want to make our city cleaner, safer, healthier, better place for kids to grow up and a better place for businesses to expand period, full stop. In any language, that's kind of the understood mission of a city. At the state level, it can become a little uh, more difficult for people to nail that down. You think about your own vote as a citizen. Your vote for president's very personal. You know what your nation does. Your vote for mayor is very personal. You know what your mayor does. In between, the states cover a very broad range of deliverables And it's oftentimes difficult to boil it down to just one uh, uh, statement. But because it's so broad and because it is so diverse, having that mission statement is even more critically important. So, look, this is what we had to do. Informed by Michael Barber, who was the uh, delivery guy for Tony Blair's government in the U.K., uh, we teased out and nailed down... um, goals with deadlines across basically five main areas number one especially when the recession hit we realized there is no progress without a job so job creation was strategic goal number one the others fell into four categories the skills of our people you know and workforce training as well as education the security of our people Had their health and well-being I'm sorry security of our people being like public safety reduce violent crime 20% by 2012 Uh, the fourth one was the health and well-being of our people eradicating childhood hunger uh, uh, reducing infant mortality Uh, and then the uh, the the fifth and final bucket was really all around sustainability the land the air the water of our state and in particular energy goals renewable energy portfolio Having those strategic goals and then having a delivery plan, I found was really, really important at the state level. We didn't need to do that so much at the city level because the things we were producing were very visible, tangible things people could see. The street's cleaner or it's not. You know, They came and replaced the burnt out street light or they didn't. Uh, There's two guys on my grandmother's corner where there used to be 20, where there's 20 now where there used to be two. You know, very visible things. At the state level, uh, I found the teasing out uh, specific deadlines and goals was really critically important for the whole endeavor uh, and also critically important for the collaboration required to get things done. You know, improving the health of the Chesapeake Bay is not just a matter of having a regular meeting with the Department of Environment. You've got to bring in the Department of Agriculture. You've got to, because, you know, the, the fertilizer runoff is, is such a big contributor, you've got to bring in the head of transportation. Why transportation? Because the owner of the greatest amount of paid blacktop in the state of Maryland is the state of Maryland itself, State Highway Department. And a lot of those laneways were built across a, a fragile estuary before people understood how that runoff can be like hardlining lining poison into the veins of the Chesapeake Bay. Uh, we would have Department of Natural Resources for the public lands. We would have Department of Corrections there. Why Department of Corrections at a Bay Stat meeting? Because we found that as part of our reentry efforts, getting uh, inmates engaged in meaningful, restorative justice work before their release reduce recidivism by about along with other things helped to reduce recidivism which we cut by the way by 20 percent so we had I- inmates doing work on the oyster replenishment on the planting trees raising bay grasses so uh, uh having intentionality teasing out the goals knowing what those strategic goals are and driving towards the delivery of them uh was, is uh, what it's all about
0: i know governor's uh big difference in the number of zeros, right, that are behind your budget in a city-state. And then you can only imagine here at the AJ conference and with the feds, you know, they have a lot more zeros. Uh, yet innovation is still important. We talk about smart cities. And wh- why do you think cities are considered innovation hubs? And what lessons can be learned for state and federal uh, executives?
1: Yeah, I think the reason why you hear that word smart applied to cities more than you do County, state, nations. I I believe the reason is this, Carlos. We we talked about how visible the deliverables are in a city. You know, safer, cleaner, healthier, better place for kids. I think that visibility and the closeness of the leader to the people means that mayors have never really enjoyed uh, the sort of uh, power distance of... uh, you know, sitting high atop the pyramid of command and control, getting all the information six months before the citizens. Everybody knows. So because of that, I think mayors have much more readily embraced these new technologies of the information age, uh, geographic information systems, the Internet of Things. And, and, and they're able to... Um, they're just a lot more comfortable with the new default setting uh, that mayors or leaders must always share information versus the last 250 years of our political development where leaders were told smart leaders don't share information. It's really the information sharing that's that openness and transparency that's kind of the threshold in the information age to the trust that's required to get difficult things done to sustain the drive and the life of a city. So uh, I I think that is why you hear smart cities uh, it's the connections, you know? And the connections come from everybody knowing what everybody knows.
2: Governor, I think you'd also agree, though, that, you know, as you've cited many times, more people now live in cities than not.
1: Yeah, right? it's a big positive so, phenomenon.
2: So, Carlos, to your question, I think that a major driver for cities being hubs of innovation is necessity, right? They have, we all have to live better together, right? And, and that includes corporations, As citizens of cities, you know, so I think there's the 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 need. There's only so much space, right? There's only so much water. There's only so much land, and um, we have to find better ways to sustain that.
0: Gentlemen, I want to thank you for a terrific conversation. It's great to see you, thank Governor. You, thank you, Francis. Nice to see you again Thanks for Thanks so coming. much. And again, another episode without the you? Don't, e-
2: don't, don't. don't or, you know, it's sort of like Beetlejuice. If you say yeah. the name three times, <laughs> he's going to show up. Okay. okay. Share, so we, okay. okay. we don't want All that. All right. right. Thank you, gentlemen.
0: Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.